Welcome to Love Lighthouse podcast and with me, Vicky Elizabeth Semple. Today we are going to look at a piece of scripture and it's very specific. It's a verse from St. Luke chapter 2, verse 14, and it is Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. To look at this in context, we'll start from chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. One of the main words in this piece of scripture that we're looking at today is the word glory. Glory is known as um, scripturally and also dictionary defined as the presence of God. The full presence of God is the glory. It is the manifestation of God's presence as perceived by humans according to the Abrahamic religions. That's one definition. The root meaning of glory we've got here is it comes from the Latin gloria, which means fame, renown, great praise or honour. It's also known as the splendour of God or Christ and praise offered to God, worship. It comes also from the old French glory, which is glory of God, worldly renown, as I said, honour, renown, splendour, magnificence and pomp.
So the angels are part of this manifestation of the glory of God. They are in it alongside God. It's not just God is unimaginable or rather invisible, but God becoming visible manifestation, that is the manifested form, is actually God being manifested and his presence through also the presence of these angels that appear and the light probably that is forming round about them as well and the way that they are behaving too. It's important to say here that the scripture, this very, very simple scripture that we're looking at today and we're going to go in depth with, is one which changes depending on what Bible what type of Bible we're actually reading from. In fact, the way that I have read it there is about one of the only ways that it is read in that way, in that type of scripture. Goodwill toward men. It sounds as if it doesn't really differentiate between what type of person, but within a lot of the other scripture types, it does tell us that it differentiates. So it's only a certain type of person, in other words, a group of people that the peace um, is found among or is given to. In the English Standard Version, it reads, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. In the NIV, this is similar to many other types of scripture. In the NIV, it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. In the NASB, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. CSB, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. NLT, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. There is a point in this that although it says glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men in the KGV version and in most other versions it will say, you know, peace to those with whom God favours or who God is pleased with to that extent. In the KGV it still doesn't say toward all men but it says toward men. So that still gives room for there to be a group or a certain group of people. So first of all, from this piece of scripture, why peace? That is the word peace. Where does the peace come from and why is there peace in this time of glory? Why is it resting on men? We assume that by the word men, it also means women as well. So it's not gender fixed, but it just means to people. So why is there this peace to people in this time when Christ is born and the glory of the Lord is manifested? It is because God's will is done. The saviour of the world is born and is in the world and is therefore there for people who will accept God, will accept God's will therefore and so those who accept God's will reciprocally, God is also well pleased in therefore because there's a reciprocity, a reciprocal and binding relationship there where 
both are pleased with each other. And so therefore that peace is found in those types of people. Let me ask other people what their view, their opinion, their idea of the word, the term glory is. And let's find out what they've got to say. I just asked someone there um, what they thought glory meant, you know, what came to mind. And the first thing they said was glory, glory, hallelujah. The song glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. So I need to find that song so that I can sing it. They also said it's, it makes them think of happiness, but a heightened state. And so I was like, okay. So as, and I said the name of someone is, so kind of like the way that someone would describe elation. And they weren't too sure about that. But yes, that's what it means. Happiness as well, also at a heightened state. So there have been two points in the recording where there's been a little um, sound of a type of, um, not an alarm, but something like that going off. And I was going to remove those from the recording, but I might just keep them in because they happen at real certain points. And the last one was on the word elation there. So I think, signs and wonders, I think I'm going to keep those in for now. So I just listened to the song Glory, Glory, Hallelujah and the Elvis version of that. Um, just, to, <clears throat> just to remind myself and absolutely it is the truth. It says that in the song. His truth is marching on and that's what it is. It's the presence at that elevated state when that is manifested. That is the truth. That is the highest truth. And that's okay. So therefore... Elation, if in and understood by people as that is the glory of God, it is the truth. It is the way that it's supposed to be. And that is marching on. It's still going to be present and it's going to continue to be present in different ways, in different forms, different shapes. It's going to manifest itself. One person thought that glory would be taking a chip from my plate. I spoke with a family member too and they said that glory brought to mind something fabulous, something exceptionally good. And for people that were religious or of faith, they would think about something religious, something, and of course, what I've been talking about. But it's not just people of religion, it's people of faith as well as those that are under some form of religion too. So people of faith know about God, not just people who are religious and the glory of God that they know about and so she had said that and she um also said again about the song glory glory hallelujah some will think some people will think of glory glory hallelujah glory glory hallelujah so some people will think of that song and i want to change some of that song around to be like more positive like about the father that it sings about well the father will live on and go into life into life into more life I would like to um, make that song even more uh, positive. That's what I would do with that song now that I've heard it. But yes, so there we go. That is what someone else, a family member, um, said when asked about the word glory and what it meant to them.
right? So I asked some other people what they thought of when they heard the word glory. And someone said they thought of football, the glory of football, you know, cup winners. And someone else said, glory, glory. Wait a minute. What's the story, morning glory? And someone else, uh, the person that said about football, they said they thought of glory, glory, Man United. <laughs> there we go. That's what comes to mind when people hear the word glory. Someone just added, glory be to the Father, glory be to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. When I look up the words glory in the dictionary, it says, and just to go over this again, it says high renown or honour won by notable achievements. Magnificence or magnificence rather, or beauty, great beauty. Take great pride or pleasure in, they gloried in their independence. There's one part in um, scripture where it talks about glory. Now it talks about the glory of God throughout the scriptures, but there's this piece as well in Isaiah chapter 63 when it talks about the difference of where the glory is. Again, you can see perhaps where these people are in relation to their relationship with God and God within them or not, or seeing God as more separate from them in this part here. And again, it might not just be about separatism. It might be just the, the worldly affairs, the worldly things that they're going through in their daily lives that either keep them or build them up stronger and closer to Christ, or to God. But here, this is before Christ in Isaiah. So chapter 63, verse 14. As a beast goeth down into the valley, the spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So didst thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. Look down from heaven and behold from the habitation of thy holiness and of thy glory. Where is thy zeal and thy strength, the sounding of the bowels, and of thy mercies toward me. Okay, so there we can see, even in what is being asked, the difference in terms of placing or how close they feel to God at that time. There seems to be a separation of experiencing that glory of where they even say that it is. And they're talking about God looking down as if God's somewhere else separate from them, high up, far above as it says, look down from heaven and behold from the habitation of thy holiness and of thy glory. So it makes us think that perhaps some people who are not experiencing that glory can look at others and think, well, those others are going through something elated in comparison to what we are going through. They're in elation, it is not normal. But just because it's not normal for them, doesn't mean to say that it is not normal for others or that it is not right and good. And yet in the scripture, especially in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 10, we hear how normal it is. It really is. And how expected it is. And the command actually for us to experience glory is, as it says here, glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. So it's definitely expected. We are commanded 
It's a command. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvellous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, even of the covenant which he made with Abraham and of his oath unto Isaac, and hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Glory to God. And how does it command that we do this? Well, right before it says that we're to sing psalms and even before, number eight. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. And one which I thought was um, wondrous was the bringing together again of me and the father of my child. So it's amazing the insight, the clarification that was required for that to happen in order to bring us together. Um, The understanding that was built through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit about what it is that was really going on. Um, how the relationship had been going to then how it needs to go. And then that depth of empathy that comes from that wisdom, it's all about wisdom. That clarity that we get and we gain and we understand about what's actually happening in the relationship and how to stand by it within ourselves as well as in the outer world when other people are involved in our lives, how we stand by our relationship that God has given to us. That is the power of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom that's given. And then these wondrous things happen as a result of the gift of God, of that Holy Spirit, of the wisdom, if you want to talk about it in world terms, just wisdom, just, you know, having that wisdom. To be able to have that, we can then be in that glory, we can experience the glory and we can further that by talking about it like I am today, by singing about it, singing psalms and giving thanks. Thanks.